Look, I'm sorry I cut you off like that before. I've just never gone in for that psychological mumbo-jumbo. They show you a bunch of ink blots and ask you about your toilet habits. Oh, why does everything with you shrink start in the crotch? Okay, that's from Frasier. That's Frasier's dad talking to Frasier. Uh, and obviously that's not what normally goes on in therapy nowadays. Much more often we're, give, we're doing cognitive therapy, which means that we teach you thinking skills. We teach you ways to think about a situation, to reframe it if you've got the wrong picture frame around it, new ideas, to get to the core of your own ideas that may be messing you up. And right before the break, I was talking with Anna. Anna, you're still there? Yeah, yeah. I, your situation is that you have a, you had past tense a dear, dear friend, and she's been a friend for for ten years. But over, the, or you said eight or nine years, but over that time, the friendship has morphed. It's changed, and she's gone from being a good friend, a potentially good friend to going through some difficulties in her own life, two divorces, but the way she handled it was to turn to the bottle. And instead of facing facts, facing reality, she drowned, she she tried to drink them away. And she became aggressive, she became even, she's become even violent towards you. And you, you look at yourself as the helping person, and your goal in life is to turn her around, right? Yeah. To rescue her. Yeah. And you feel like a failure if you don't rescue her. Yeah. And right before the break, I said what? You tell me that why am I still helping her? Why do I still have her as a friend, knowing that she has been there, um, being aggressive towards me? That Why don't I get a better um environment of better friends, positive friends. Right, that the one person that you're not being a friend to by staying with her and subjecting yourself to her every single day of your life is yourself. And I would love for the first friend that you have, if you want to call it a friend, is to be good to yourself, to value yourself so much that you decide which friends you learn to choose better which friends are good which friends are not good which friends bring you joy and pleasure and they're not a problem to fix I mean periodically you always lean on one another's shoulders but you don't want to go out there finding problems to fix because otherwise if you feel like it's in your court to make her a better person you could be doing this for another decade and feel real depressed. So let me give you the circumstances under which you, a, a reasonable person would reach out to help someone. Okay. And these are from my favorite author, Ayn Rand, A-Y-N-R-A-N-D. And if you haven't read her book, The Fountainhead, I highly recommend it. It's on tape, it's on MP3, it's on CD, and I think you can even rent it at libraries, but never get the abridged version. Uh, her book is just such a wonderful eye-opener. It's on my website, too, drkenner.com. So here are the circumstances. You help someone when it's through no fault of their own. Drugs and alcohol are their choices, aren't they? Yes. 
But if a person, for example, got in a car accident, and it wasn't because they were driving drunk at the wheel, it was an accident, then, and you love the person, it's a mother or father or a good friend, and you can go visit them at the hospital, bring them flowers, make chicken soup for them, you can help them out, that's loving. Or if they just had a baby, you know, you want to help out, that's fine. Uh, the, the death of a loved one, you could help out. The house fire, a hurricane. That's very different from self-made difficulties. And you uh, also only help a person out if it's not a chronic, lifelong thing. I mean, assuming it's not your kids, you know, who are, are trouble. But if it's if it's a chronic um, when I say kids, meaning if you have a disabled kid, you're not going to just say this is long term, so I'm out of here, honey. You know, but if it's if you have someone that's going to mooch off of you, who's going to use your kindness as a weapon against you to get money from you, to get help from you, to get sim- sympathy that they haven't earned, that's not good. If it's if it's just short range, they had a house fire. You help them get back on their feet, and then they buy a new house. They get back to a job or something. Or it's a hurricane, you help them out, and then they get back on their feet. If they're genuinely appreciative, that's then it's proper to help them out. Um, you know, not feeling like you owe it to them, but they're just they're genuinely thankful. Um, not groveling, but just thanks so much. You know, I'm so glad you were here. If you value them, this should have been number one. If you value the person. You know, it could even be neutral. It could be someone that's stuck in a snowstorm. But if it's somebody that's out to hurt you, you drop them like a hot potato. And if this woman has threatened to kill you and she's been violent and she's very angry, you can just say sayonara to her. I mean, I wouldn't, you don't even owe her an explanation because she could explode and blow up at you. You've been her punching bag. How dare you, her punching bag, dare to leave her? Mm-hmm. Another is that it, you help a person when it's not a sacrifice on your part. So you can help, for example, if you don't have any, any money and the little money you earn you put towards uh, furthering your education, and she comes and she needs some money because she got in another car accident, she was drinking while intoxicated, and so you give her the money. You bail her out, you give her more money. No, you're throwing away your future. Choose yourself. It's your money. You don't need to be, you're not a sacrificial animal. Uh, wouldn't be an animal anyway. Um, uh, and also, it's very nice when people want to reciprocate. And sometimes they can't pay you back in kind, meaning you give them, you lend them some money. They may not be able to pay you back in money right away, but they may help out with your house or help you with your kids or something like that. So those are the circumstances under which you help someone out. Um, this author, Ayn Rand, who wrote The Fountainhead, uh, she said, you need to make a a fundamental decision in your mind. It's either one way or another. She said, those who grant sympathy to the guilty, your friend is guilty, she could do more for herself that she's not doing, or your your soon-to-be ex-friend. She said, those who grant sympathy to the guilty grant none to the innocent. So you want to look for healthier friends, better friends, and cherish the friendships. Judge your friends accurately. 
you learn to, you get to know people in layers so you may find that someone who seems to be a friend turns out not to be a friend so um, now what are your thoughts in listening to this Anna my thoughts is that um, I know that I, I know what I have to do is just I know what I have to do and I know I have no excuse why I should I should go back and talk to her or go back and help her it's just I see something good in her. In the beginning, I saw something really good in her. I saw a person that I've known that was very positive and it was a really, really, really good friend and was really helpful, and we were there for each other. Um, she was there for my family. I was there for her family. And it just hurts the fact that she had to let herself so much go down. They got into a really... Um, really really bad bad standards now yeah so it's very painful it and you go more. through grief to see a friend self-destruct yeah so you can give me a call back and let me know how things go with this okay. um it's really being good to yourself longer range because you don't deserve to be in an abusive relationship that's true so, I agree with that. Yeah, so I wish you the best of luck with this. Um, Dr. Ellen Kenner, you're listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness. Toll free, one eight seven seven D R K E N N E R. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke. Creating a comfortable emotional climate in your relationship should never be left to chance. But how do you create it? One way is to build a positive mood. Moods are enduring emotional states. A positive mood is essential for a romantic relationship to survive. Successful romantic relationships are dominated by positive communications. Creating a positive mood by having a feeling of goodwill toward your partner permeates your time together. If resentments and issues lurk behind everything, establishing a caring climate will be impossible. You will need to introspect and seek professional help if necessary to resolve your issues. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.